I want to I want to just kind of update you on this subject of intimacy from the Bible. Um, probably have some assumptions, and you probably when I talk about intimacy, you probably are thinking of a particular thing. We're going to deal with that in just a minute. But uh, the first thing I want to do is just show you very briefly what the Bible teaches about this, and that it is it's part of who you are. It's part of who I am. It's 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 who we are. And we all have that need and that desire of intimacy. And many times, just because we're, we're married doesn't mean that it will happen all the time. I'll, more on that in a moment. Let's look, look in Genesis chapter 2, and uh, this is from the message paraphrase. This is chapter 2, verse 18. God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. God put the man into a deep sleep, and, he's, and, and as he slept, he removed one of his ribs and replaced it with flesh. God then used the rib that he had taken from the man to make woman and presented her to the man. I don't have this here for us to read, but it's an interesting passage to read because that's the first time that God presents a woman to a man, and the man kind of goes, oh, whoa, baby. <laughs> and he was just kind of blown away there a little bit. Wow, she's beautiful. All right. Um, that's for another day. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, Ecclesiastes, this is, this is an application of this passage in Ecclesiastes. Watch this. This is a great little bunch of verses here. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. If one falls down, the other helps. Isn't that what marriage is? That's the way mine's worked many times. One falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. And, and that's not just about marriage, by the way. Um, it certainly should involve that, but it's also, it could also be a close friend, a best friend, uh, or someone like that. Here's the point. We were made for intimacy. We were made for that. One, uh, one, one author who's there's a lot of writing on this. May, Rollo May put, said it this way, for human beings, the more powerful need is not for sex per se, but for relationship, intimacy, acceptance, and affirmation. It's a total package. And we, stop, we need to stop and, and think through that and recognize what that is and, and how that looks for me and how that looks for you because we're all different individuals and different things speak to us. You know, we all have, somebody wrote a book called Love Languages. It's a great book, by the way. Um, and it talks about how they're, he says, I don't necessarily think this is all, he says about five basic love languages. I think there are a mixture of all kinds. And he says that as well. Uh, things that, in other words, that you do that will speak love to me or to to another. For somebody, it might, be, it might be physical. For somebody, it might be sexual. For somebody, it might be, um, you, know, you know, I had one friend who would put, put, on his, uh, put on his tool belt and, and, you know, and he wasn't particularly handy, but he would do things around the house. And, and his wife just loved it. That was something that she just really was her love language. And, and you got, that's, that's where the kind of the whole thing goes on because some, it's like uh, that would be my wife's love, one of my wife's love languages. But, you know, every time I do something, I screw it up. So after a while, it's like maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should just, you know, get a handyman. And, hey, she likes that a lot too. Anyway, um, not the handyman, but what he does. <laughs> let, me, let me make sure I say that, okay? <laughs> um, so anyway, the word intimacy comes from a Latin word that means innermost, 
In the marriage relationship, that translates into vulnerable sharing of inner thoughts, of feelings, of spirit, the true self. And that's kind of what we saw illustrated for us on the screen. You know, somebody just wanting to experience that, that kind of intimacy, the innermost. I know you like me, but I, I want more than that. And, and, and that's, that's just, that's so true. Intimacy has many faces. I want to show you. There, there are basically, and you can, depending on what book you read and what psychology you, 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 um, you know, ascribe to or whatever, um, it comes down to four basic general categories. And, uh, and I want to show you these and then show you some things for the Bible. Basically, four strands. When we boil it all down, four strands of intimacy. These categories may be different words, different ways, but so don't get hung up on the words here. Just think concept here, spirit of, of what's being said here. There's, there's basically four strands, we're told, of intimacy. There's the, the one that we call emotional intimacy. That's, that's those heart-to-heart talks that, that can, they may not come every night, but they can come on a frequent basis, sharing dreams, sharing failures, sharing hopes and dreams. It's deeply personable. It's deeply personal and may, you know, as I said, it may or may not be an everyday kind of thing. I mean, it's obvious, probably not going to happen, and particularly if you have a bunch of little ankle biters running around all the time. That'd be children, okay? Okay, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way because we all love our kids, but you know, Sometimes they get in the way of, of your relationship. That's okay. That's how it is. But we need, to, we need to understand that, okay? We need to kind of mitigate that, think through that a little bit. So that's one thing. That's emotional. Then there's physical. This is, this is what is called, you ready for this? Non-sexual touching. A lot of guys here are saying, oh, that's an oxymoron. Um, <laughs> And this would be a hug or a kiss, or best known as affection. It includes acts of affection. It might even, might even involve romance and candles and roses. It's assurance. It's affirming care. It's like, I care for you. I love you. Not just for what I can get now or later, but just, just because I love you. That's, that's what we call physical intimacy. It's very important. Power of touch. A third one is Spiritual. Clearly, this is exploring the things of God together. Um, discussions may be about the Bible, about church, about God. Uh, what it means to be a follower of Christ or, or a follower of anything in, in some ways, to talk about that. Uh, life issues that touch the heart, um, sharing those concerns, being vulnerable, vulnerable about it. Let me just mention two or three things about this real quickly. It doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. Even... even I started to say from a theological perspective, that's how I think. But even when it comes to the things of God or the Bible, it doesn't mean that the one that I'm intimate with, and in this case we'll say my wife, uh, doesn't mean that we're going to agree on everything. We don't agree on everything. Uh, we don't agree on everything spiritually or politically. You know, that's okay. As long as you love and you respect one another. And it's kind of fun to talk about some of those things. And we have different issues. Well, what do you think about this? Well, you know, and, and, and as life would have it, you, you grow. And in some cases you change and, and you say, you know, and Charlene said, well, you, you didn't used to believe that. I said, no, I didn't used to believe that. I believe this now. And here's why. You know, and that, that's, that all, that's that whole spiritual thing. It's even praying together. 
And I mean, just maybe, maybe that's at a meal, but even, even at other times, just to pray together and, and just ask God to bless your family. And you say, well, I'm not so sure I can, I can do that. Well, I mean, how hard is that? You say, well, I don't, I don't know if I can pray out loud. Well, then pray silently together. You know, I mean, there, there's many things that can be done, and, and that's, that's the issue here. So we're talking about emotional, we're talking about physical, we're talking about spiritual. Now we're talking about the fourth one, and you already know what the fourth one is, because I've already kind of let you in on that. That's sexual. Okay, and, and many times we talk about intimacy, many people, hopefully not all, but many people think that's the first place they, they, they think of, and that, that could be just part of the, our vernacular, that could be part of the world that we live in, it could be a lot of different things. That's, of course, the sexual the expression of physical sexual love with one another whom you have committed to walk through life with together, or as I like to say, I've committed to grow old with you. And um, it hasn't happened yet, I want you to know that, but I'm committed to that. Committed to that. We both are. Uh, it can be, it can be, the sexual aspect of this thing can be sort of a, uh, I'm going to use a, a, a weather term here, it can be sort of the barometric pressure or gauge of sorts. Be careful with that. It's not always. There are physical issues sometimes. There are, you know, time issues sometimes. There's a lot, you know, stress issues sometimes. So be careful with that, and I understand that. But it can be, in some ways, a, a barometric pressure, a, a kind of a gauge of, of, of the relationship. You know, if you and your, your mate haven't, you know, made love in a long, long period of time, I would say maybe we need, you need to talk about that. I'll let you define what long, long time is. Um, let me give you a... Another quote from a book that I like. The reality is that sex must not be depended upon to initiate intimacy. It can only grow out of it. And that's what the Bible teaches, really. That it grows out of that love. That's why it can't be treated pretty much the way our society treats it today. Our culture. for the, Not all, but, 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 but to a large degree. This isn't Bible, but it certainly represents the Bible. C.S. Lewis said this in Mere Christianity, since we're on the subject of, of, of the sexual. And um, this is just a great, this is a mouthful, but this is a great quote. The monstrosity of sexual intercourse outside marriage is that those who indulge in it are trying to isolate one kind of union, the sexual, from all the other kinds of union which were intended to go along with it and make up the total union. The Christian attitude does not mean that there's anything wrong about sexual pleasure any more than about the pleasure of eating. It means that you must not isolate that pleasure and try to get it by itself. In some ways, that's kind of what our culture, or some at least in our culture, that's where they've gone with that. That's why I would say to the young women, and and young men too, but especially to the young women, um, when a guy tells you he loves you, and, and because of that, wants to do thus and thus, it's easy to say, if he loved me, the total package is there and you can wait. Just think about that. I, I have that discussion many times with our teens and, and uh, even older than that as, as we think through some of the things. Because there's certain, you know, you get conditioned. And we live in a, in a society that kind of conditions us. And, and we, think certain ex, we, we think in certain ways of expectation. And, and the truth is that... that Maybe those expectations have been dictated to us by things other than what is real and what is true. And as a result of that, we need to be a little more careful with what we think and what we believe and what we do with our bodies. 
particularly those, whether you're single or, or, or otherwise. All right, let's jump into this. I want to show you two. That's, that's, that's those four areas of intimacy, all right? Emotional, physical, spiritual, sexual. I want you to talk about that. If you, right now, we're, you can't get this outline online because of our whole thing, but if you want this, just send me an email and I'll, I'll shoot it right. It would be no problem at all for me just to, to uh, throw an attachment on there and throw it right back to you. So if you want these, feel free. Um, but so let me do this. What, what happens? Here's two questions, you know. What happens, let's just deal with this first one, when there is intimacy lacking in a relationship? I really want to talk about that for a minute because I deal with that some, and, and, and some of you have experienced that in a marriage. Obviously, sometimes if you're not married, it's experienced. What happens? Well, in a marriage, I'll tell you what happens. Sometimes you look for that in other people, and that's got bad news written all over it. That's a dead-end road. And uh, that's got nothing but trouble, heartache, and pain. I think you probably realize that. But you find this person who is your, your, your connection, your soulmate. Well, maybe you need, not maybe, you need to go home and, and work at having that connection with the person you have committed to grow old with. You say, well, it's just not that it can be there. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. I mean, everybody goes through seasons of life. And everybody has different things going on in their life. And there's not a married couple in here, and there won't be one in the next service either, that hasn't had to go through some issues in their own life. If they haven't, they're liars, and they've got bigger issues, okay? Um, so other people get involved with that. That's why you've got to be careful with that. Uh, and sometimes people just end up... Now, listen... I'm going to be careful with this because I've been accused of being a workaholic and, and certainly have those tendencies, but sometimes we find our fulfillment in that. That's okay unless it starts taking the place of the one with whom we are to be intimate with the most. If it's our husband or our wife, or, or, or maybe you're not married and you have a close friend like that. Um, and then we get diversions. You know, it's football season's just started. You know, and, and for many people, at least in my background, and it may be football, it may be lacrosse, it may be, you know, baseball or, or, or something else, that becomes, you know, all, they almost, it's almost like that's their intimate partner. Everything about football, everything about baseball. I mean, and, and listen, I'm the biggest sports fan in the world, and I love sports, but there is a place and there is a time also. And you need to understand that, that there's a time when you need to turn it off and not let it control you or whatever else. And some people, because they lack intimacy, just sort of pour themselves into that. I suppose there could be worse things, but that's not how God intended it. And then, of course, the biggest issue that we see in our, I think, uh, at least from people that I talk with um, and read about, uh, the biggest issue that happens when intimacy is lacking is, 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 uh, pornography. And we kind of, we kind of, particularly in our, in our world, we kind of politely just gloss over that and say, well, you know, it's, it's some say, well, it's a guy thing. That's not true. It is more guys obviously than females, but it's not just a guy thing, um, from the statistics that I have read, but it's a false intimacy. It doesn't fulfill, and it's not real. And there's a whole, I could, I could list a whole bunch of problems with it, aside from the fact 
that you shouldn't have your mind dwelling on things that are just particularly a fantasy. It's not real. And the fact that it, de- it dehumanizes people. The fact that it turns people into objects. And, and, and let, me, let me give you from one book, from one, one quote. It's called, the book is called Real Sex, Lauren Winner. She spoke at uh, one of the uh, Socrates in the Cities a couple years ago. Wrote this great book called Real Sex. Talks about her own life. It's pretty... Um, Pretty, um, pretty blunt. It's a great book, though. And let me just, this is kind of a long quote, but follow along with me. The fundamental thing about porn, even before the widespread use of the internet porn, of internet porn, is that pornography removes sex from a relational context. Anything that tells you that sex can happen outside of a real live relationship with all of its blessings and strains is telling you a lie about sex. This false story damages our ability to connect with an actual human being. They live The live person probably has some cellulite. The live person probably had a bad day at work. The live person may have a father who has cancer. And when you begin to have sex with that live person, the bad day, the cancer, the cellulite, all become part of the sexual experience. Porn, which says you can have sexual pleasure whenever you want it, totally on your terms, destroys a person's ability to have sex as part of a living, complicated relationship. I think that's really good. We get compartmentalized and people get conditioned. And, and, you know, and you know, one of the other things, just, just let me just say this, and I want, to, I want to get into this other part, but one of the other things that happens when intimacy is lacking is you just get conditioned. And we almost saw it on the screen with, that, with, that, with, with the girl. I could live like this, but I'm not going to. People do that all the time. They just sort of shut down that area of their life. And God never intended that for you and for me. You know, false intimacy can be an inoculation against getting the real thing, which in this case, not getting the real thing would be very tragic. I, I want to just give you these two things very quickly um, that, I, that I hope will help. It's real simple, and, and I don't, again, have a formula for you, but that's okay. I, I want you to think about it. I want you to open up the discussion with, with somebody, your mate, or if you're not married, somebody close to you. You know, and just, just, to, just to be thinking, be aware of this. Um, the first one is a seek to increase your intimacy quotient, your IQ, okay? Most of you think of different things when I say IQ. Your intimacy quotient. Seek to, to deepen that, to increase that. Now you say, how do I do that, Rich? Just say, okay, we're going to have an intimate talk. Here we go, honey. Well, it's a start. You know, that's a start. Um, there has to be a willingness to admit it. And I, I, that's not easy. I, I've been through this. I know. That's not easy. There has to be a willingness to say, you know, I don't really want to continue to live like this. And I don't want to tell you, that's not a threat. I can tell you in, 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 the, in my life, and my wife and I, we've been married, most of you know, 35 years. Splitting up was never really an issue for us, but one time we did, a couple of times, we did come to that point, that crossroads, well, are we going to continue to live like this, doing our own thing, or not? You can stay together and still not have that fulfilling intimacy that God intended you to have. So don't think it's, well, I'm either going to be intimate or I'm going to get a divorce. That, that may not be the issue at all. 
It might. And you've got to deal with that as, as your situation dictates. But there, there has to be a willingness. There has to be a determination. And, and I've got to tell you, it is tough sometimes. Because it means you've got to take risks and you've got to talk about stuff and you've got to talk about feelings. And, and you wonder, even if you've been married to that person for a long time, are they going to accept me when I really tell them what I really think? Are they going to accept me when I really tell them how I really feel about this? I mean, and that's, that's, that's a risk. You're putting yourself out there. And, and some won't be able to handle that. Then you've got to figure out what you're going to do with that. Um, so, so there's got to be a willingness. There's got to be a determination. Um, and, and here's the thing. This is going to look different to different people. You know, in my situation, when we, you know, and it's, I'm not going to tell you we, we got it, therefore it's, it, it's, it's a constant process. But I remember vividly the times, there were a couple of times in our life when we said, this is it. I don't want to keep living like this. And it's not that, you know, we were beating each other or any, any kind of thing like that going on. It, it, it was just, you know, I just, this is just not fulfilling. This just, I can live like this, but I don't want to. You know, I don't want to get my fulfillment on the golf course because that ain't going to happen anyway. Um, <clears throat> that's more of a statement of the kind of golfer I am than anything else. But, but um, it's going to look different for different people. For some, it may, need, it may involve some, some serious therapy. And by serious, I mean long time. For some, it might, it might mean just with a friend or just together, be able to sit down and talk and be able to talk through these things and just to take that first step. Just that first step. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get you to think through. So increase your, your intimacy quotient. That's the first thing. And, 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 and think about that. Pray about that. Talk to your... Talk to your, uh, your wife or your husband about that. And the second thing, and you knew this was coming probably, and, and, and I want to just say this very quickly, not because it's not important, but because of time, but it, it's this, this, I'll tell you where it begins. It begins when you understand that I can be intimate with God. Because whether you're married or not, whether you're, whatever your situation might be, God wants to be intimate with you. And that's, that's where it begins. You know, realize that we live in an imperfect world and we deal with imperfect people every day. And I live, and you live with an imperfect person and they live with an imperfect person. And while we seek to grow in all those areas, there's only one relationship that will, there's only one relationship that will have ultimate intimacy. It's a relationship with God. Let me show you what God says. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, that's his people. That could be by application, you and I. This is in the Old Testament. Long ago, the Lord said to his people, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. God is the ultimate model for us of what real intimacy is. He always accepts us. He always loves us. He always affirms us no matter what we've done, no matter what we are, and no matter what's been going on. We have to understand that before we can take that to my husband or my wife or others. All, intimacy with God. He has the number of hairs on our head counted. You know, and we, we sang that song. I mean, he knows my thoughts. 
So why wouldn't I desire and try to be intimate with him? When I learn what it means to be intimate with God, I am better, therefore, able to be intimate with others, particularly those closest to me. That is how God wants you to live. That's what he tells us in his Bible. Let's pray together. God, these are valuable truths. And they certainly deserve more than the 25 minutes that we can talk about them on a Sunday morning. I pray that each person here so affected would, would take the time today or, or tomorrow when, when they have some time this evening to, to, to just grab their husband or their wife or maybe even a close friend and just really address these issues and really start, start the discussion knowing it will be a long one. And a continued one. But God, I thank you most of all that you show us what real intimacy is because you showed us and you continue to show us every day, every hour, that you can know a person's thoughts, you can know a person's good spots and bad spots and good points and bad points and still love us unconditionally and still desire our company because you've shown us that in the Bible. Pray that we would do start right there, thanking you for, for that Jesus made that possible through his death and burial and resurrection on the cross. And we thank you for this. We, we just pray that this time would be a time that would um, just be kind of embedded in our hearts and our minds as we think through these things and pray about them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.